to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want to take you to a passage of scripture that uh, you may be really familiar with and you may not, but we're in this series called Church, What's It All About? And this morning, we're going to finish up this series, and we're going to take a really good hard look at what church is all about. Matthew chapter 18, and I want you to just keep your Bible open uh, when you turn there, uh, pull that up electronically. Here's what Matthew wrote. Then the 11 disciples, uh, beginning at verse 16, sorry about that, 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when, excuse me, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Thanks. You can be seated. Now, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do some preaching teaching this morning, okay? We're going to start by putting some pictures up on the screen. Here's the first one. Anybody recognize that guy? All right. Now, you know, I'm an outdoorsman kind of guy. I'm also a sports guy. I love sports. I love just about every kind of sport. Uh, I, I'm just self, I'll just admit, I'll confess, I'm not a big soccer person, but I've watched soccer. I don't have anything against soccer, but you know, the main sports, American sports, I'm, I'm all into it, love college football. And so obviously you see NFL in the background. How many of you know who this person is? Just let me see your hand, okay? All right, put your hand down. Here's the next picture. Here's a picture of a guy. Anybody know who this guy is? Okay, all right, you know, you see in the background, NBA. All right, go to the next slide. Here's another picture. Anybody know who this guy is? Okay, you may not know this one as much because this person's not as much high profile. All right, turn in the next slide. Go to the next slide. Anybody know who this guy is? All right, we're gonna go back. Anybody know who knew? Anybody know? Anybody know who he is? Okay, go back. Let's go back. The first guy's Roger Goodell, all right? And he's connected with the National Football League. Obviously, you see the, the insignia in the background. The next slide is Adam Silver. Adam Silver is connected with the NBA, the next slide is a guy named Roger Manfred. Roger Manfred is connected with Major League Baseball. Finally, the last slide, this man's name is, his name is James O'Neill. And James O'Neill has nothing to do with sports. He is connected with the police department in New York City. Now, every one of these four men have something in common. Does anybody think they know what that is? All right, it is authority, but they have a title. What is it? Commissioner, that's right. So if you go back, Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL, and Adam Silver is the commissioner of the NBA, and Roger Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and James O'Neill is the commissioner, the police commissioner for the New York Police Department. How many of y'all watch Blue Bloods? That's Tom Selleck. Okay, so if you're trying to figure it out, Tom Selleck is the, by the, by the way, a little trivia, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who's one of my favorite presidents of the past history, Teddy Roosevelt was a former police commissioner of New York City. That's why if you watch Blue Bloods, there's a picture of painting of Teddy Roosevelt behind Tom Selleck. Okay, anyway, that's nothing to do with Jesus, but that's just trivia out there. 
All right, so these people are commissioners and someone over here said authority and they're absolutely right. They are the administrative authoritative heads of their sports or the police division where they serve. So they have the power, they have the authority, they can do commissions. As a matter of fact, they can deputize people and share that authority and tell people to do that. Roger Goodell has a lot of authority in major uh, in the NFL and sometimes people don't, because he can just make these decisions because he has authority and if people don't like it, then they don't like Roger Goodell. That's why if you watch the NFL draft, which will be coming up soon, every time he gets up to the podium, they boo him. So if you don't watch football and you just want to be entertained, watch the NFL draft. Every time the man comes up to the podium, they'll boo him. And so that's kind of what happens. So they have authority. If you look in your Bible, okay, look at your Bible right now at the text we have. I guarantee it, because mine has it right here, that above this passage that we read, there is a subtitle. Anybody have it in your Bible? Let me see your hand. Does anybody have a Bible? All right, just shout it out. What does it say? The Great Commission. How many of your Bible says that, right? If it doesn't, write it in just right now, right above the top, okay? The Great Commission. And so if you have an electronic Bible, you can't write anything. But uh, I wouldn't write on the screen. It won't come off. But... The Great Commission. So here's the thing. We've got a commission. It is the Great Commission. We're going to get into it in just a second. But if you have a commission, you got to have a commissioner. And Jesus is our commissioner. How do I know that? Because he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So his authority isn't over a specific field of sport. His authority isn't over a police department as massive as it is in New York City. His authority is over the whole earth and all of heaven, over all creation. As a matter of fact, Jesus has a legal right to influence and affect humanity because his jurisdiction, his territory is heaven and earth. And that means all of the inhabitants of earth fall under his jurisdiction, his territory. You know, there is a segment of America Uh, There's a certain portion of our populace that does not like Christianity. And if you're not seeing this, you are living in a closet. You're missing out. Uh, There is a portion that is attacking Christianity. There's a portion that wants to that wants to restrict and 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 uh, and and push down and suppress anything that we're doing, especially that is evangelical. They don't mind if we meet on church on Sunday morning. They don't mind if you, if you serve Jesus in your home and keep it quiet, but they do not want us talking about Jesus and influencing our society, influencing politics, influencing businesses, influencing our culture. They do not want that. They want to suppress that. Okay. But here's what I want you to know. God, when he works on this earth and when he, this is what we're going to talk about, he works through you. God's not sticking his, his nose in, his, in business where it doesn't belong. The earth is his business. People are his business. Whether you're saved or not, we are his business. He, we are his concern. We are his priority because he is the commissioner over this jurisdiction and territory. It happens to be his creation, okay? So, As the commissioner, Jesus has deputized his church. He's deputized you to pursue and fulfill the Great Commission. I'm going to do something that 
If I was in college and I was a professor of homiletics, which is proper preaching, I would tell you not to do this because when you're preaching exegetically, you're supposed to stay with the text, but I've already about to blow it, so we don't worry about it. I'm gonna go to another text. And they've got this, we're gonna throw it on the screen. It's 2 Corinthians chapter five, beginning of verse 18. I want you to look at this, okay? Because this, this is really important. If there was ever a scripture, if you're saved, you need to read this because it's about you, okay? And I'm gonna tell you some things that you're just gonna go, oh, wow. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, given you the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us, has committed to you the word of reconciliation. Now then, We are, you are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through you. And then he says to the Corinthians, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. Now let me go back in this. This passage of scripture from Paul says that God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, not me, you. I've got my ministry My ministry is to preach the gospel and to equip and edify the church as a pastor and a teacher. My job is to equip you so you can do your ministry. So when it comes to spreading the gospel because you've been given a word of reconciliation and there is a word that begins with a G and ends with an L and it sounds a lot like gospel. Somebody tells me what that word is. I just gave it to you. Gospel. Mess with your head for a minute. That's the word of reconciliation, the gospel. Okay, God has given you the gospel to share. God has given you, everybody say me. Look at somebody and say, and you. Okay, God has given you the ministry. You say, I don't have a ministry. Yes, you do. Pastor, I'm not in the ministry. Yes, you are. Pastor, I'm afraid God's gonna call me in the ministry. Already has. It's not full-time ministry like me. You don't have to get a microphone and stand up in front of people and preach, but you're gonna interact with people that I will never meet. Some people think, well, it's the church's job, you know, in church for people to get saved, and people do get saved. It's the pastor's job to win people to Christ. Well, sometimes we do, but that's all wrong. It's not my job, it's, go ahead and say it. Yeah, because you have the ministry of what? And you have the word of what? reconciliation and you you are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through you so how does God reach your neighbor your unsaved family member your co-worker he does it through you okay he builds the church but he does it through you that's your job that's my job that's what it's all about y'all all right you're an ambassador a legal representative of King Jesus in the world and to the world, and you bring to it a message from your king that although you are in sin and you are at enmity with God, you're at odds with God, you're separated from God, you can be reconciled to God through his son, Jesus Christ. And by the way, this isn't your message. It's God's message. You are the messenger. But watch this. You personally, if you're saved, you're born again, you have 
had a personal experience of reconciliation. You've been reconciled to God and that comes into play in your ministry of reconciliation. I'm gonna put it to you this way on the screen to be worth writing down or typing. Your personal expression of reconciliation, that's the word that you share with people, is complemented by your personal experience of reconciliation. Okay, so if you go to work for a company and they say, we want you to be a salesperson, and we've got this widget, we've got this vacuum cleaner, we've got this, this blender, we've got this, this exercise bike that we want you to go out, and we want you to go door to door and sell. All right, you gotta learn all about the product, you gotta, you gotta memorize all these things. I used to tell somebody, I'd be a great car salesman because I'd know everything about that car. When you get in that car, I'd have you pushing buttons and playing with things and having stuff and showing you what, and by the time you got back from your test drive, you don't want to buy that car because you just done everything. I'm just one of those people. I, people buy a new car and I get in the car and I start pushing buttons. They look at me like, what are you doing? I say, I want to see what this does. I just love it. All right, you got it, but you got to learn it, all right? And so you're selling this product that you're not connected with and you're just trying to make a sale to make money. All right. A lot of people think that that's what you're doing when you're telling somebody about Jesus. Oh, it's kind of like, you know, they gotta, I gotta learn my little lines and I'm trying to sell Jesus. You're not selling Jesus. You're selling what Jesus has done in you. You got, you've been reconciled. And so you can tell somebody else how they can get reconciled because it happened to you. All you gotta do is tell your story and tell his story. That's what God has called you to do. And everybody can do this. <clears throat> you can do this, Okay. All right, and so let's get back to the text. So Jesus says, all right, I'm the commissioner. I'm giving you commission. Here's the commission. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, if you've been coming to high praises, hopefully you've learned this. If you haven't learned this, we're gonna do it together this morning. We have a statement of purpose and everything we do around here this statement of purpose drives us. It is why our sanctuary looks the way it does. It's why we do the ministries we do. It's why we stop some ministries that we've done because we are all about this statement of purpose. And if you know it, say it with me. Here's our statement of purpose. Ready? You help me out with it. Go. We're making disciples of Jesus. You know it. One person at a time. So if you're new here this morning, what are you all about? We are all about making disciples of Jesus one person at a time. That's the great commission. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. That is what we're all about. And that is what the church is all about. And that is what you being saved is all about. Okay, is it, is it about having station life groups where we can get together as as senior adults or life groups or students. Yeah, we're gonna do that. It's about life groups and fellowship and eating food and studying the Bible and praying. Yep, it's about that. Is it, is it, about, is it about events? What, what, is it about having church on Sunday morning? We're gonna do that, okay? But we have church on Sunday morning, but when you leave here, you go be the church. Okay, church isn't about having church or church isn't about getting what you want. Church is, is about getting what he wants. And what he wants is for us to go out tomorrow at work and today if you go out to a restaurant or when you go into a place of business or when you're making a sale or you're on a business trip, he wants you to be his ambassador and take this message of reconciliation. When he opens the door, he wants you to share that word of reconciliation and go make disciples of, of people of Je- and, and tell them about Jesus. All right? The gospel is the message of reconciliation. And what we wanna do is we wanna do more than make converts, we wanna make disciples. I have been accused, I got accused by a couple 
who had no idea what they were talking about, that, that all we want to do is make converts and we don't make disciples. And they thought that the only way you can make disciples is that you have to have a class. Let me tell you right now, sitting through 16 weeks of a class will not turn you into a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's not what makes you, it might make you more knowledgeable, okay? But it will not make you into a person who's like Jesus. Because when you are a disciple, you become a follower of Jesus and his teachings. That's why you read the Bible and find out what he said. That's why you come to church on Sunday morning here preaching like this. This is why you get in a life group where you can learn the teachings and understand the Bible more, those things. But it's also about following Jesus, And I've seen people who knew a lot about the Bible, but who lived like the devil or who were carnal. There was a guy used to go to church here, sat right here. He told me, he said, I could finish your sermons, but he was shacked up with a woman. He had it all up here, but it wasn't translating in here. When you become a disciple, it translates into your life and you have the fruit of the spirit in your life and you're more loving and you have joy instead of trying to go buy happiness in the world and you have peace and you don't get riled up about things because you're right with God and you're kind to people and you exercise self-control and you, you have faithfulness and you're faithful and you have trust. You have more and more, you're growing in your confidence and in your trust and reliance on God. If that's happening in your life, you're a disciple. And that happens by interacting with the body and that happens by personal growth and the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. We don't need a church filled with a bunch of converts. That's not our goal. We're gonna influence you, challenge you. We're gonna influence each other to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I had a lady come up to me between the first and second service and she said, I went to church for years. I'm not gonna tell you what denomination it was. And she said, I would fall asleep in church. I've caught a couple of y'all this morning sleeping. You must have went to bed late this morning. If if you're sleeping on me, you're tired. And I ain't even got to the good part yet. And, And she said, but when I came here, she said, I got in this church. She said, they'd sing and I would cry and I would weep and I'd feel the presence of God. And I started learning, this is what you gotta do. And I got around people that said, this is how you gotta live. And they influenced me and they mentored, they coached me, they discipled me. And she changed her life. She sat in the church for years and the teaching didn't do any good. Discipleship is where we're changing and God is conforming us to the image of his son Jesus. And that's what we're about. God has called us to go and make this up. That's why we baptize them and we teach them. Baptize them and we teach them. Baptize, what does that do? It's more than just getting wet. It's saying, I'm part of them now and I'm gonna hang out with them and I'm gonna let them influence me so I can grow in the Lord. And then the next new convert that comes along, I'm gonna make them a disciple. Is any of this making sense? Yes. Okay. Well, if it's not, oh well. Your calling is not to invite the sinner to become religious. Your calling is not to invite the sinner to join a specific denomination. Your calling is not to invite the sinner to join High Praises Church or to become a churchgoer. Your calling is to show them who Jesus is and how he can save their soul and change their life and wash their sins away and put them in right relationship with God and make them a new creation in Christ. That's what your calling is. Does that sound exciting to anybody? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. All right, now I'm going, to do, I'm going to break the rule again. I'm going to go to another passage, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And I, they may have this on the screen. Did they get it or not? Okay, they, they decided, to put, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? You can't season salt. <laughs> go home and try seasoning salt. See how that worked. 
It is then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Next verse. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp standing it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All right, I want to talk about this for a minute. The Bible says you're the salt of the earth, right? Now, salt can do a lot of things, but what does salt do? What does it do? It makes you what? Makes you thirsty. All right, now I got a bag of pretzels, and I need a volunteer. Who loves pretzels? Huh? He ain't going to eat them. All right. Troy, you going to help me out? All right. Son, I got an assignment for you. You ready? Here is a uh, rolled gold. I want you to open that bag, and I want you to start eating pretzels. Now, I don't want you to stop. Now, Taylor, if he starts gagging, then you holler at me. Pastor, okay, but you just eat pretzels, okay? Just eat them away, and I'll be back and check on you in just a minute, okay? You just eat pretzels. All right, now, he's over there eating pretzels. Pretzels are what? Salty. Yeah, how many like pretzels? How many wish I'd given you a bag of pretzels? I should have bought a bag and given to everybody when they leave the church today. You never forget this sermon, okay? All right, so Troy's over there eating a bag of rolled gold pretzels, right? And we're gonna let him eat those pretzels while salt makes you thirsty, okay? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Listen to me. Now, I went back and rewatched the Clemson game, the championship game. I just had to watch it again. I've been sick all week, so I've been spending a lot of time in the house trying to recuperate, so I had recorded it, and I said, you can watch it fast when you can zip through the commercials, 60 minutes, that game is over. And so I'm watching. At <laughs> one point, they got a little shovel on each other. And the commentators, Kirk Herbstreit, said, well, they're getting a little salty down there. I think Chris Fowler said that. Well, that's not the salty I'm talking about. We Christians shouldn't be getting salty like that, you know. Uh, but, but salty, here's what I'm talking about. Jesus said there ought to be something about you. Something about you that I see and hear and experience Jesus to the point that it makes me thirsty for what you got. You with me? There ought to be something about you. Like if I spend time with you, and the more I'm around you, like, man, you don't, you don't talk like everybody else. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't act like, you know, I, I, we were talking about this Sunday. I kept waiting for her to start kind of bragging, and, or she said something, and I figured she's going to lie and exaggerate. She didn't. She told how it really was. Who does that? And, and, and I don't understand her because, you know, her numbers were down and she instead of turning the boss, me, I'd have just lied and, you know, changed the numbers. She just turned them in like they are. You're crazy. You might lose your job. Don't you know it's okay to lie sometimes? See what I'm saying? That's, that's what the world looks at. They look at us and they say, why y'all, why aren't you acting like us? Now, if you're acting like the world, you've salt, you're salt that has lost its flavor. And you're useless to God. That's why you, if you're acting like the world, talking like the world, you, you lose your ability to make them thirsty for Jesus because you're acting just like them. See? So, you okay over there, Troy? You, you okay? You, you still going at them? All right, you all right? All right, keep at it. You all right, doing good? You, how, many, how many have you eaten so far? Twelve? 12, all right, good. Oh, you got a ways to go. You keep eating. I'm gonna go preach some more. All right, so he's eating. All right, now, the Bible says you are the light of the world. Now, wait a minute. Jesus said that he was the, come on, this is audience participation Sunday. He was the light of the world, right. So Jesus is the light of the world, but then he says, you're the light of the world. How many of you know that the light that shines through you is not your light, it's his light. It's him shining through you. 
Okay, so it isn't your goodness, it isn't your righteousness, it isn't isn't what you do that gets people's attention, it's him through you. All right, he said, you're the light of the world. Now, what does light do? Light dispels darkness. Um, Light dispels darkness, all right? If if you're you're in a room and it's, it's dark, well, let me just say this first, we'll get to that in a minute. Darkness in the Bible always symbolizes uh, spiritual deception and ignorance. All right. How many of you remember before you got saved, you didn't, you didn't care about the Bible, you didn't care about going to church, if you read the Bible, it didn't make any sense, if you listened to a preacher, it didn't make any sense, uh, it just, you, you were in the dark, you couldn't see what was wrong with, you know, having sex before marriage, or cheating on your wife, or, or, or telling a white lie to get out of trouble, you, just, you didn't see what was wrong with that, you remember that, y'all remember that, now if you're still in sin, you, you ain't remembering long, you're short memory, but for those of us who been serving the Lord, okay, here's my point. Here's my point. That's because you're in the darkness. Remember, you didn't know better. And even if you knew better, you figured out, you made excuses so you wouldn't have to know better. Remember how you used to make excuses so you could do wrong? Y'all remember that? Yeah, preacher, how do you know all that? Well, never mind. But anyway, so you make excuses so you can do wrong. All right, here's the thing. But then when Jesus saves you, right, now you got to live right. Now you got to do what's right. Okay, and you serve God. You become the light that shines so that when you get around people that are doing wrong, your light shines and says, well, you're used to doing it the wrong way, but here in my life, I do it the right way. Well, that shines light and dispels the darkness so that the person who's influenced by you has, oh, wow. You mean mean you're not supposed to live together before you get married? No, no, that's that's a no-no. Well, everybody else is doing it. Doesn't matter if everybody else is doing it. Doesn't matter what society's doing. It matters what God says to do. Oh, that was weak. That, that, that's got the pastor worried. Let's try that again. It doesn't matter what's popular in society. It's what God says. Amen. Uh, yes, yes. Lord, I may have to back up and preach on sin. Hold on, y'all. Touch him, Lord. Okay, so. Watch this. No, hold on. on. Don't do it yet. All right, Gabe, do it. Turn the the lights out, Gabe. All right, Gabe's going to turn the lights out. Now, we can't turn the screens off because that's just too big of a hassle. It's dark in here, isn't it? Okay, it's dark in here, especially y'all back in the corners over there, right? It's dark back over there. There's no, ain't nothing, no doors. You're furthest from the screen. I'm going to go back here with y'all. Hopefully not tripping. Don't y'all stick your foot out and trip me. I saw that, Deacon. Deacons will trip you up. You got to watch the deacons. All right, now we back here in the corner. Ah, oh, you're cheating. Got your phone. No, you got your Bible. All right, so you back here. We're back here. And we're back in the corner. It's dark back here, isn't it? Can't really see faces. Don't know anybody. Troy, can you see me back here? And I can't see you either. I, know, I can hear you, but I can't see. How are those pretzels? Okay, you all right? You dying yet? Okay, well, just keep eating then because you ain't helping me till you're dying. All right, so we're in the church. We're in the dark, right? This represents the world. This represents, you know how there's just enough light where you can see to get around? That's how a lot of people are. They know good, but they just do enough to get by. Oh, help me, Jesus. Okay, but they're in sin and they don't know better, okay? And so everybody's in sin, so everybody's used to working in this environment. And then along comes you and you've been saved. Hold on, you've been saved and here's what happens in your life. All right, now what's happening right now in the church? I'm standing in the back of the church, but what are y'all doing right now? All y'all looking, that we're looking forward, what are y'all doing right now? 
You turn around looking at the light. This is what happens when you're the light of the world. By the way, he talks about a world. He talks about a city and he talks about a house. You're supposed to influence the world you live in, the city you live in, and in the house, the home that you live in. You shine that. You don't just shine the light on Sunday morning. You shine the light on Tuesday night. You shine the light on Friday night when you're not out honky-talking, but you're doing the right thing. Come on. You are the light of the world. And everywhere you go, see, it draws people because the light draws people because they're in the darkness. And they say, wait a minute. There's something about you. Look at you. And when you I'm about you just to draw me. You're attracting me. And see, my life, light shines on your life, see? And then it helps you to see the light. And when you're in the dark, what do you want? You, you automatically gravitate to the, the light. John Garen, you're here. John Garen and I, we went fishing. Turn the lights back on. John Garen and I went fishing one time. You uh, remember this, John? And we went all, out all the way down to Hartwell Dam. And we got out on the lake. And it was nighttime. And then fog moved in. Oh, no, I mean, that was thick fog, thick as pea soup. And all, John just has a, a, a manual compass. We had no, he had no GPS in his boat or anything. And we're just stuck. I mean, we don't know where the buoys are. We don't know where the shoals are. And I said, what are we going to do? And then I had my phone. I said, John, they got this thing called Google Maps on here. And I hit Google Maps. It found us on the lake. And I turned that thing and I said, John, line your compass up and John started driving real slow and we used that and you know what we were looking for we said if we can oh I feel the Holy Ghost I said if we can just remember John we said if we can just find the red lights on the Hartwell Dam then we'll know where we are and we'll get our we'll get a point and when we drove we finally began to see that red glow and we knew where to my God I'm telling you this world is lost in the fog of sin but you've got the light and if they can just get to you and the Jesus in you they can be saved Troy, how you doing? Are you thirsty? He won't eat lunch now. Are you thirsty? You know, come on, are you thirsty? Like, is that salt working on you? Like, would this look good right now? You want this? Wait a minute, this, this looks good to him, doesn't it? This, is, this looks good. This will satisfy the thirst, right? This is the ultimate. You know who, you ready for this? Hold on. This is Jesus. I'm glad you're my friend. This is Jesus. Y'all know what I'm doing, right? Listen to me. You're supposed to have something in you that makes people hungry for what you got. But it ain't you that's got it. It's him that's got you. And so you say, here's what satisfied my thirst one day, and I'm going to give you Jesus so that you can satisfy your thirst. Come on, drink that thing, Troy. Yeah, baby. Woo! That boy's going to have high blood pressure at 20-something. Are y'all getting this? That's what we're called to do. That's why you got to live right. That's why you got to make right choices. That's why you got to serve God 24-7 in public and private. Y'all with me? Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, Lord, where am I going to go now? Y'all stand with me. Come to the altar. Stand with me. Come down here. Let's close out down here. Got a lot more, y'all. <clears throat> Can y'all listen while I talk? While you're walking? All right, come here. Y'all gonna miss out. You're gonna miss out on the best part if you leave. Don't leave. You're gonna miss out on the best part because the best part's not done yet. Come on down. Everybody come down. Even give guest visitors. We're just gonna finish in the altar. I just wanna finish. So if you can, just join us. Feel free to join us. Just come down and get in the group. 
just want to finish here. I like to get people on the altar because the altar is where man meets with God. You're an ambassador. The most frightening thing in the world for believers is to think, I can't do this, Pastor. I know we're all getting pumped up and you did the pretzel thing. I cannot talk to people about Jesus. Yes, you can. Here's where the analogy breaks down. President of the United States sends an ambassador to Ireland. Okay, president stays in the U.S., but the ambassador lives in a foreign land. But he conveys messages from the president to the, rep, the legal the head of Ireland. He's the legal representative. Here's where the analogy breaks down. We live in a foreign land. We are in this world, y'all, but we are not of this world. That's what the Bible says. But here's the difference. The president is in us. You're the ambassador representing Christ in your schools, universities, places of employment, neighborhoods, homes, places where you buy and sell and trade, vacation, recreate. God has given each and every one of us the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. And he is the spirit of truth. He will tell you what to say. Now, yeah, you gotta learn. You need to learn. He said he will bring back to remembrance what he said and then you can speak it to other people. But that means you gotta learn it if he can bring it back to your memory. That's why you need to study the Bible and pray and study the Bible, come to church and learn. Okay. Daryl Waller, so God is with you. Everybody say, Jesus is with me. That's why you can do this. You can do this. All right. Daryl Waller is a pastor in Winchester, Virginia. Brilliant guy. I follow him on Twitter. And he tweeted something the other day. Man, I liked it. And I even tweeted back at him. And I told him, I said, all right, I'm going to use this Sunday morning in my message. And I'm going to reluctantly give you the credit. That's a joke among preachers. We joke about how we'll steal stuff from another preacher. We're not going to give him credit. He liked that. He said he was praying. And while he was praying, God gave him this. So they're going to put it on the screen. There it is. Many church growth gurus have said that people have lost interest in the church. God forbid the church ever loses interest in people. There are people in churches who think church is all about them. And if they don't get what they want, they'll leave and they'll go find a church where it can be all about them. They've lost their interest in people. When you're more, when you're more in love with the church or when your love for the church is greater than your love for the lost, your priorities are out of whack. Did you hear what I just said? That's a prophetic word. I'm gonna state that again. When your love for the church is greater than your love for the lost, your priorities, are, and you have lost the heart of God. Five years ago, God did something in me. It was about four or five years ago. Now, I wish I would have marked the date. I was always driven by this, but I became consumed. Five, four or five years ago, I became consumed. Some of you will remember this. I became consumed with the Great Commission. It's affected everything we do. I've lost people, people that I pastored for years because I was determined this church was gonna be about reaching the lost and they didn't have that heart. But in the meantime, hundreds stayed and many more have been coming in here saying it's because of places like this that I found Christ 
and now it's my turn. One beggar telling another beggar where they can find bread. You can do this. So here's my challenge. I want you to say, God, here I am. I'm gonna take my ministry and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take my ministry and I'm gonna fulfill it. I'm gonna speak the word of reconciliation. I'm gonna fulfill my ministry of reconciliation. And when you open the door, Every day I'm going to live right, serve you, and be an ambassador. People watch my life. And then when God, you open a door opportunity, I'm going to walk through it, and I'm going to share the gospel. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.